You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. When we left off last time, Lucio died. Shame. And Val was sad about it and with Sergio and then she gets a phone call from Jules and this is where we're picking up now you're laughing why are you laughing Poignant. well one <laughs> I forgot because it's been a little bit since we recorded I forgot that Lucho died but your poignant and succinct assessment <laughs> of the events that have led us here not a funny situation just a funny retelling of the situation I feel like you know, we went into a lot of depth last time about Lucha's demise and what it all means for the universe. And so I'm ready to move on and have Jules and Val back together again. Yes. All right. So Jules finally phones Val back. And the first thing Val is asking is, are you okay? And so Jules is relaying like how she got out. Once she's established that Jules is okay, she tells her about Lucha. Even in death, Lujo is ruining their time together because it so quickly becomes about him. Which is fair, you know, whether you like, it's a complicated situation and I think that that's something that the show does really well. He dies and it is very real that Valentina is going to have extremely conflicting emotions about it, even if she doesn't want to be with him. Losing somebody that was in your life for that long is going to, and in such a traumatic way, you know, he got shot right in front of her. Trying to protect her. Yes. Yeah. So it was a heroic death from that kind of perspective. Yeah. And I've talked about this before, but I think that they do kind of try and give characters redemption arcs that fall a little bit flat for me you know in the end I think his death ultimately served to create more conflict between the two of them so that there was this still this like pain and reason that they couldn't just be together but you know yeah better that he died doing a heroic or a positive deed than being shady Especially considering he was saving Lupe, who's Jules's only family, really. Right. And while she's, you know, upset with her mother and stuff, Lupe's still her mother. And she's still, Jules is still very young. So whether she likes to admit it or not, I think she still needs her mother. Yeah, Lupe has been the only constant in Juliana's life for the last 18, 19 years. And I brought this up in a couple of the podcasts, but most of the viewers have only ever watched from, you know, the scene on the street when Val and Juliana meet one another. But they both have character arcs happening for the first 10 episodes where they never know one another. And Juliana's is especially traumatic. You know, it starts with 
her father and then them trying to execute her father and then them going on the run with her mother. They cross the the border back into Mexico in like the middle of a hurricane. A man tries to assault her in like a truck stop bathroom and Lupe beats the crap out of him. They have a very intense relationship that I think becomes much more understandable and in focus if you have that context before the two of them have ever met because if you don't you just kind of meet Lupe as this counterpart to or foil at the beginning to their relationship but there's a lot more going on so if you can find those scenes I would recommend watching them so now we we cut to Jules and where she is so Jules confronts her mother comes up to her and says Val just told me that Lucha died and so it's quite an emotional moment. You can hear the sad, sad music going. And Lupe's got a sad, sad face as she talks about how he saved her. And if it wasn't for him, they'd both be dead. This must be a really hectic thing to learn as Jules. Because you have this kind of antagonistic relationship with this guy. And then he saved your mother and your girlfriend. So now we're back with Sergio and Val. And Sergio's about to leave and he says, I'll see you tomorrow at the funeral. Val's having a mini breakdown. She doesn't know how she's going to face Lucha's parents. She feels responsible and it's kind of, you can understand it. Yeah. Oh, she feels so much guilt. And I think it's, you know, Lucho's death brings all of these characters that have been circling one another kind of in negative ways and forces them to to be together in these really interesting ways. You know, she's technically still mad at Sergio for sleeping with Juliana and she's mad at Juliana for sleeping with Sergio, but she hasn't even gotten to talk to Juliana about that because Juliana got kidnapped on the way home from Sergio's apartment. And then Lucho, who kind of stirred all this stuff up that, you know, you want to yell at and like push in the chest, he's dead. So it's, yeah, there are just so many intersecting emotions and baby Valentina is not dealing with any of them very well right now. And she keeps blaming herself and poor Sergio keeps trying to like, you know, say to her, you can't blame yourself. There was nothing you could do. You know, you have to say goodbye to him. You have to come to the funeral. And I actually agree with that. He, you know, she needs to put him to rest. She needs to have closure on this. Val does not handle stress well. Poor baby. And Macarena Chaga does, I mean, any scene where she has to cry. I think she probably spends like half of this series crying. And yeah, she just, she's very, very compelling. Both actors are. You know, it's weird because the focus kind of should be on Juliana, you would think, because she just got rescued from being kidnapped. But she's just kind of getting this like information download from everybody of all of this stuff that's been happening in her absence. And I think, you know, she wasn't, was she kidnapped for like a day? Maybe? I think it was longer than that, wasn't it? I, I actually don't know. Actually, you might be right. It might just have been a day because Val was running around like a crazy lunatic in the same outfit. Yeah. But in, you know, Amara Muerte time, that's a very long time. But it, yeah, when we, we flip to Juliana, she's finding out that Lucho is dead. 
that Lupe and Val seem to have become buds in trying to rescue her and that Val was really the spearhead of mobilizing all of these people to get Juliana back. So during this information dump, Lupe and Panchito are telling Jules what's happened in the background while she was kidnapped. Jules says, well, how do you know that? And Panchito says, oh, well, Valentina came here and she brought her friend Sergio, right? So the first thing out of Lupe's mouth after that is, is it true that he's your boyfriend? Oh, God, I forgot about this. Oh, Lupe. Such hope in her eyes. She takes a mile. Oh, man. Yeah, forgot about that. Jules' reaction is beautiful. It's complete, like, disbelief. And she says, where did you get that from? And Lupe's like, Valentina told us. Now the camera sort of zooms in on just Jules. And you know that she suddenly realized that Val knows about her and Sergio sleeping together. And it's like, oh, shoot. And it's so funny because this show does so well, like kidnapping in the same vein as like oh you slept with your ex-girlfriend's best friend and she found out during the kidnapping but still you know came to save you and it's it's a very like young love and just like normal relationship problem interspliced with these like crazy other crazy things that are happening but they're both you know they're both equally important when when Juliana realizes that they're happening. Absolutely. Because, yeah, she's got a big problem on her hands. What I love is, is how the show introduces the problem. So, yes, she's been kidnapped, but that problem is now resolved. Bang, here's the next one. Yeah. Oh, it's just nonstop. It's watching this in real time was very overwhelming. Because they, the show was on for an hour every night, five nights a week. And it's just like bombarding you with like problem, problem, solution, solution, problem, problem. And she's like bang, 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 bang. It's amazing. Yeah. It's great fun. And with fewer than 24 hours between episodes, you know, or exactly 24 hours, like you just, the speculation, because they would always end on a cliffhanger. It was, yeah, there is nothing quite like the Mexican telenovela setup. We don't have anything in the United States. I think that even comes close, except like our daytime soap operas, which are not nearly as interesting or well done. Well, that's true. They're interesting. They're just not well done. They're not in the same space. They're a different kind of a thing. Right. And they're during the daytime. Right. So most people would have to like tape them. But this is like primetime telenovela. Now we cut back to Val and she's in bed and having trouble sleeping. This is not unusual for Val. Shaman Puchivis is trying to give her sleeping tablets and Val's like, I'll take it, but I don't think it's going to help. And she's all sad. And then her phone starts ringing and it's Jules. And she, so Chivis tries to give her the phone. She, she says, I don't actually want to talk to anybody. And then we cut to a shot of Jules lying on her bed with her phone, looking hopeful, like she wants to talk to Val. And as the voicemail comes on, the shot zooms in on her. This is a very emotional moment for her. And it's just so nicely done. She can't connect with this person who means everything to her. Then the next shot we see, she's standing over a sleeping Val. This is a very emotional scene. 
This seems so good. Also, Valentina in a baseball tee. <laughs> so that's great. So I really like her blanket. It looks really co- cozy. Yeah. Val is sleeping and she wakes up when Jules is messing with a photograph on the cage. We actually spoke about this cage, you know, and the meaning of it and all that sort of stuff right at the beginning of the thing when she, they first came into her bedroom. This bedroom has been a bit of a sanctuary for them. They found each other there. They found friendship there. It was, this is like a safe space, which is about to change. Val wakes up, sees Jules there, stands up, they hug each other. It's such an emotional moment. Look at that face. Because, you know, she, she wakes up and everything doesn't come to her right away. She sees the person that she loves most in this world. And this is the first time she's gotten to see that she's okay from the kidnapping. And yeah, obviously her knee-jerk reaction is to hug her and, you know, to make sure it's real and just enjoy the briefest moment that Juliana is okay. Because making sure that Juliana was safe and that they got her back was the most important and pressing need. Um, So, you know, she instinctively basks in that, but then reality comes knocking very, very quickly. Yes. So Jules pulls up a chair, Val sits on the bed, and now they're facing each other. Val is is talking... She's talking about how they traced Lupe's phone and filling in sort of the blanks that nobody actually knew because they weren't there. I think it's kind of wonderful that Jules is asking though about Lucia and sort of reaching out and and this is obviously a big thing for for Val right now. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's so layered because she's crying as she's telling Juliana that Lucho died, but... They were there because she just wanted to see Juliana when she got out of Alacran's house. And, you know, there was no intent to guilt Juliana. It just, it's reinforcing, even though they're not together, how much she means to Val. And that that was kind of the only thing that Val could think about. And Chivis comes in. Chivis does. She's not my favorite person as of late. She's always been kind of. Why? I don't know. She's always been kind of like snarky and not really liking Juliana and I know because she has those visions I think she has her own story arc going but like Chivis just let them be you know I have such complicated feelings towards her she's really the only mother-like figure in Val's life the only one that fusses over Val and tries to make sure she's sleeping and she's eating right because nobody else is is really playing that kind of motherly role in Val's life yeah, but it's motherly adjacent because she just completely defers to Valentina. Like, I, I'll i give you sleeping pills, which isn't necessarily the best thing for her. Or I'll give you orange juice after you take Molly to help you recover. Not why are you taking so many drugs. But to be fair, the power dynamic between them is that Val is her employer. Right. Absolutely. I don't disagree with that at all. I still think that there's just, there's not really truly this opportunity for her to be a mother figure because of exactly what you said, which is a power imbalance. Still, I think it's good for Val to have somebody in her life that does actually care and does actually try to get Val to, you know, make better choices. Val is still extremely young. 
and still needs parenting, really. Yeah. I just, to me, Chavis doesn't necessarily try and get Val to make better choices. She just cleans up her messes. I mean, that's probably true. <laughs> because of the power imbalance. Anyway, so she comes in and she's like, Lucha's family just called to let you know where the funeral will take place. And she gives her the information on like a post-it. Just hammering home that that's happening today. Jules looks really sad and she touches Val's hair in a kind of a, a soothing gesture. All right, Monica, you do this one. I don't want to do this one. I mean, everything about this scene is so good because it's, it's hard to watch and it's very upsetting, but it happens so organically that even though it's weird and hard for her, probably Juliana immediately tells Val that she'll go with her if she wants support. And then Val says, don't you think you should go with Sergio? Because aren't you dating him? And Juliana is very quick to say, no, I'm not. But she knows this conversation is coming. Like they both know that the other knows or Juliana most importantly knows that Valentina knows so you know she's not being blindsided but she knows they're gonna have to talk about it that Val is not just gonna let this kind of slip away and truly Val doesn't know because again Mr. Lucho redemption arc did not paint it like they just slept together the last thing that Valentina had been told about this was that they slept together and they are dating now not they slept together but I guess she liked him so much that they started dating and ultimately slept together that's how Lucho framed it so that's what Valentina has to go on so posthumously f that guy yep Jules, at this point, is kind of sick of telling people that she's not dating Sergio. She gets a little whiny about it. So she she almost does like an eye roll kind of a thing, like, I'm not dating him. Like, no. The vulnerability on Val's face during this conversation is pretty epic. So good. So now Jules is explaining and Val looks, ooh, Val, that face. It's a combination, (laughs) it's a combination of all sorts of feelings. So we've got... She's pissed off and hurt and not sure if she believes Jules based on what Lucha told her about Jules and Sergio. Yeah, how would you, I feel, I feel like I'm embarrassing myself by being a writer and not being able to really describe well with words this look that Val is doing, but she's kind of like, pushing her tongue out inside her mouth and just kind of like bracing herself, but trying not to say something that maybe she will regret. That look tells a story. It's that look of, I'm going to let you talk and not interrupt you because I need to hear it, but bracing yourself because you're pretty sure that what you're going to hear is not going to be good. Yeah. And the way Juliana tells it, like, I absolutely don't think that this is their intent, but I do get why the fandom is so divisive on Sergio and he and Juliana sleeping together because she even starts, you know, 
I didn't have anywhere to live. And he said I could stay. And then things just happened. And there's, you know, we saw the scene. We know there's more to it than that. But right there, like, that does not paint the situation in a very good light. Again, if we're talking about, like, power imbalances in situations. But, yeah, you know, Juliana is trying to tell it, like, very matter-of-factly. And I applaud her because I think old Juliana would have kind of just turned tail and ran because it's a difficult conversation to have that made her feel vulnerable but she doesn't do that she you know she comes here knowing that Valentina knows and kind of falls on her sword because she knows that they need to have this conversation and there's just beautiful pauses in between and it it rings true because Jules talks about the alcohol and one of the first things that Val says, oh, so you drink now. And it's one of those things where, you know, you're having a really hard conversation and you grab onto the first thing that you feel like you can actually talk about that isn't going to make you cry or scream or throw something. So now they address the whole thing of Jules is saying she was confused. She wasn't in a good place. She didn't know if she wants to be with a guy or didn't want to be with a guy. And so she sort of, they kind of address that aspect of it. Yeah, and the one thing she doesn't get into is raking her mom over the coals, which I think she completely could have done because the situation with Sergio followed her mom just really laying into her for like four or five conversations in a row at different places about how your life won't be normal, you've never even been with a man, how do you know, anything uh, in the book that could have possibly undermined her confidence. You know, she knew that she loves Val, but there is kind of this question mark because Val, man or woman, is the first person that she's ever felt this way about. So she, I think, very understandably lets it all get in her head. Val's not taking this well. And and you can understand it. I mean, her, her girlfriend is talking about sleeping with some random dude. Well, not even a random dude. Her best friend. So she's not actually looking Jules in the eye. She's sort of looking off to the side. Tears are starting to well. I hate that Juliana says you and I weren't together, though. Like, I hate that she says that. Because while categorically true, like, yes, you were. Except that they weren't, and what she, her point is that I wasn't cheating on you. Right. I know this hurts you, but technically in the frame of, like, relationships, I didn't do anything wrong. But, like, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. No, You know, like, no. they weren't together and they got caught making out by Lupe, which set off this other chain of events, where then they were both, like, going to the ends of the earth to defend one another. And so, yeah, I I get that, like, semantics, she didn't do it, but she knew that it was good. And I still, I don't think it was the wrong decision for her to sleep with Sergio, if that's, like, what she felt like she needed to do. It's just, I mean, yeah, you can say you're not together, but you knew that it was going to crush Valentina to find that out. So I think it's of the arguments or of the reasoning she is giving it's like the flimsiest one i think though to her trying to just say to to val this wasn't i wasn't 
trying to hurt you. This wasn't about you and I wasn't cheating on you. I'm, I'm still a valid person who would be loyal to you if we were actually together. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying I don't think that that's what my baby needed to hear in that moment. <laughs> so that's where I'm coming from. That you're, Everything she's saying is true. Again, I just, I think it's like a flimsy, it's like a flimsy reasoning. I, I, no, I agree. I think the whole thing is a flimsy reasoning, but I'll, I think she's feeling awful. Yeah. I think she's feeling really bad about it and she's trying to kind of make things better between them. And she doesn't know what else to say. And she's trying to just kind of remind uh, Val that it actually she wasn't cheating. <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, what is it on like Friends, that whole thing where it's like, we were on a break. It's like, but kind of. Like, yes. you Again, I just, I think it's the weakest of the excuses. Or reasoning. It is. But I gotta tell you, I'm on Russ's side in this case. They were on a break. Wow, you just dug your own grave on that one. Because you should never be on Russ's side. <laughs> I can't stand Russ in most instances. But in that case, I was like, they were not together. Yeah. And you know what? Hey, maybe we... Maybe we can do our patrons only after this on the semantics of like relationship titles. Let's do it. And my TLDR is it doesn't matter what you call it. If it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. So, you know, whatever. Like I understand communication and language is important, but. I'll meet you back here periodically. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So we have to talk about that question. After the whole, you know, we weren't together thing, there's like a beat. And so good. It is. It's really well played. Like, go watch the scene and then listen to the episode. Then watch the scene with us as we're watching it and pause at the appropriate places. Jules takes a beat and sort of like, almost like wipes her brow. Like, whew, she's sweating. This is like a really tough thing. And then Val looks her directly in the eyes and said, did you like it? And she looks so hopeful, almost. So open and vulnerable. And when Jules says no, um, it didn't even come close to, you know, what happened with you. Well, and it's both parts are so important because she could have just stopped and said, like, no, I didn't like it. And everybody that is rooting for Julian Tina knows that that's like a great thing to happen for the two of them that it was like oh yeah she you know she didn't want to be put the whole like maybe doesn't want to be with any men or man conversation aside but absolutely doesn't want to be with Sergio which she had told Sergio as much after they slept together so the viewer already knows this but Val didn't know this but then she goes one step further and she says it doesn't compare to what you and I had together which is like not a characteristically Juliana thing to say. And I think it shows so much character growth. And I think that this is one of like the most important moments for the two of them, even though this isn't a happy time in their relationship or whatever we're calling it since they're not together. (laughs) I'm going to stop bringing that up now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just, I think that this, this scene counts for so much and means so much um, that she was willing to, to, you know, say that and be vulnerable in that way. Because at this point, 
Val could say, like, you know, you know, they still love each other, but they are already at the point where either of them could be like, this is too much. Absolutely. The vulnerability is exactly like on point here. And then she continues by saying, I swear, Val's reaction to this is not what we would have expected. Instead of joy, elation, or even just kind of a flicker of hope, we see kind of devastation going on there. Because I think that she was still like deluding herself that it wasn't true. I think that that is the reason why we're getting this response. And because if you're coming at it from the point of, I know this happened, I just need Juliana to explain it to me based on what Juliana says, you might be upset, but you're still very heartened by what you're hearing. But if you're hoping there's some alternate explanation or, you know, whatever, but like Juliana comes in and, you know, she doesn't really give excuses. She gives reasons and she doesn't really apologize that it happened, not that she should. She kind of defends her position, but is also vulnerable with Val being honest with her. But still, I think that all of this is a little bit difficult for Valentina to hear. I think also there's an element of, and it's not necessarily logical, but there's an element of, so it was just this entirely pointless thing that you did that devastated our relationship, and there wasn't even a reason for it. It wasn't even a case of you discovered, okay, you are in fact bisexual, but now we can kind of move on in a in a different way. It, it was entirely pointless and just devastating. Which, okay, I, fine, but I think that, and that's how Valentina is looking at it, but I think that that's, for viewers listening, I think that sometimes finding out what you don't like or what you don't want is just as important as finding out what you do want. Absolutely. You know, she checked that possibility off the list. Um, and with this, like, with her mom nagging her, with all of these people in her life and all of these people telling her, you know, she was just like, well, you know what, we're going to see what all the fuss is about. We're going to put this to bed. So that's kind of what she did. You just had to use the phrase, put this to bed. To just clarify, I was talking about Val's reaction here and potentially what's going on inside of her. This is not my feeling on the matter. I personally agree with you about finding out I do not judge your journey as your own moving on okay so then there's an interesting moment so she's really devastated and then you can see almost like the trained socialite comes out and she shrugs it off sort of shrugs it off and is like okay I'm gonna go get dressed now you know and it's this this moment of I'm pulling myself together she does it so well and she gets up and she leaves. And Jules just looks devastated. Forlorn. Crestfallen. So sad. And we hold on her for a minute. I think we should stop there for today. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online, uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is 
my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website www.monicamccallan.com but for sure if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.